fluency is a trap because if you're focused on fluency, you're going to avoid speaking to avoid stuttering. Ironically, one of the first steps you need to take is to be willing to stutter. Mm. If you're not willing to stutter, you are going to avoid stuttering. You aren't, you're going to avoid words. You're going to substitute out words. You're going to switch out things. You are just going to create one avoidance behavior after another. And that's what a lot of us do. That's what I did for many years. So ironically, stuttering is one of the most important things you can do if you want to improve your speech. And that works with both camps, the fluency camp and and the acceptance camp. I couldn't reach my acceptance if I didn't go and face those fears of stuttering openly in front of somebody, an audience at work, on a podcast, whatever, right? And and now on to the show. <laughs> this is episode 272 of the Stuttering School uh, podcast, and I'm speaking with Larry Stein, who is also an author, a fellow author. Um, and so we don't have any particular schedule, plan, agenda, topics, or anything. So we're just going to have a free flow conversation. But first, I've mentioned you've written a book. Can you tell, can you speak, well, tell a little bit about yourself, your book? Um, yeah, and then we'll go from there. <laughs> sure. Um, it's called Free to Speak. Nice cover. Um, it's called Free <laughs> to Speak, My Journey from Stuttering to Public Speaking. And I wrote it because I really felt that my journey needed to be shared. And frankly, I, I was, um, I, I just wanted to make sure that it got out there. And how come? How well, come? You know, I mean, I'm sorry for totally cutting you no, off. But... <laughs> no, um, so um, I'm 67 right now. I probably began writing this when I was about 64. And oh, frankly, wow. my brother had took, taken sick with some rare form of cancer that I'm not sure oh, they wow. ever really uh, totally diagnosed. And he passed away uh, oh, a couple sorry. of years ago. But, but it really got me thinking that, that, you know, here I worked so hard to improve my speech. And I didn't want uh, what I learned to to just uh-huh. go away with me. Yeah, yeah, to just have a legacy. Something happened to me. Yeah, yeah, there's a written, and, yeah, passing down, yeah. And so I could have written the book very quickly because it was all in my head, but I it was probably about a three-year uh, journey of writing this book. Wow. And I wanted to make it really special. I wanted, I, I, I didn't leave anything out. Um, a lot of people who read it, who stutter, say, wow, this is my life. It's just, you've lived my life. I go, yeah, we, we've all kind of lived, lived our <laughs> similar, similar shared lives. experience. I you and I, you know, you have mm. lived somewhat similar lives, even though you're in Canada and here in Chicago. Um, and 
uh, I thought it was really important to get it just right. And so I, I really slaved over mm. pretty much every word. I, yeah. I really did. And I just wanted to make it uh, really valuable for people. People who, who stutter, they say, well, that's my story. And then they say, wow, you've given me a roadmap for <laughs> not only how you did it, mm. but also how I can maybe improve my speech if I want to. And people who don't stutter, uh, I've had all these notes from psychologists and psychiatrists just loving this because not only do I go into the mechanics of what I uh, did to improve my speech, mm -hmm. but just as much, if not more so, the psychological things that I had to not only face, but then work through in the way that I did that. And so um, it's an unusual book. I've, I've read quite a few books by people who stutter. Mm. And, Except mine. Um, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> Go ahead. And, Let's fix that. No, no. Yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry. You've read quite, quite a few books. This one is different. This one is okay. different. In what way? In what way is it different? Oh, um, and I should probably interject here now. I get the feeling. <laughs> so we talked about this next week. So just um, not spoiler alert, not consumer alert when you're consuming the podcast, but just an alert. We're going to get into fluency and not in the way you think we will. So I guess this is, this is a trigger alert. <laughs> so in my previous episode uh, with my guest, we did touch on the fluency versus acceptance thing. You and I, Larry, we talked about that last week uh, in our private conversation. Yeah, how fluency versus acceptance is quite the explosive. It seems to be even more explosive now. And now even the term speech language pathologist, the part about pathologist, very explosive. So really. So the things that Larry will talk about may make you go, oh, I can't believe this is on the Stuttering School podcast. I have to admit, I can't believe I have you on my podcast too. <laughs> but, 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 but it's all in good faith because, and I'm going to put this out right there now so you can calm down if you're being triggered. My apologies in advance. Um, uh, you know, yes, we need to strive for a world where um, you know, we can take 30 seconds to say what we need to say and pe everyone will understand and give us the time we need. We're not there yet. And in the meantime, you know, people need to find work. Those with very high volume stuttering, and I've met a lot of them who are stuck in jobs they don't want to do and they're underemployed. And that was me. Know, very low. And that was you. Very low income. They have so much potential. They're super smart. You know, there is a place for speech the tools and, you know, just like in the documentary, When I Stutter, right? The beginning, Jason, he took 30, 40 seconds to say his name. At the end of the uh, uh, of the movie, it took him maybe 10, but he was a lot more confident and he was making phone calls, totally transformed person, still stuttered. So we're not saying fluency equals success. 
per se. Maybe Larry is. <laughs> Not yet. But, no, I'm gonna surprise but we're you. in survival mode. We're in survival mode here. So, <laughs> so go ahead. Uh, I think I had inter- I completely I interrupted. I'm gonna surprise you on this because okay, surprise me. <laughs> on two fronts. First of all, um, I never had any thought of of being fluent and 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 i'm not cured there is no solution to stuttering there is no solution but this is kind of my little mantra that Mm. there is no there there may not be a solution but there's always a way forward yeah and so for me Mm. you brought up that so many of us are are chronically underemployed i was one of those Mm. i was one of those and i I live in a very high achieving area of Chicago. It's called the North Shore. And my friends are all, you know, big shots. And here I was, I was, I was unemployed for four years. I went through oh, wow. several years of, of terrible depression mm. and even worse, frankly. Um, frankly, I'm, I'm surprised that I'm even alive. right now. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. That's how bad it was. Um, just to give you an idea, I would say for me to say my name, I was not able to say my name until the age of 57. That's oh, wow. Yeah, the L, huh? Where are you blocking on the L? That's a tough one for me. On the L, mm-hmm. on the ST. Yep. E, that's right. Double whammy. And usually it would take me at least 15 seconds, if not mm-hmm. longer. Yeah. Sometimes it would take me, sometimes it would take me so long Danny, that I would lose sense of reality. Wow. I would mm. I would not know where I was. I wouldn't know what the conversation was about. Mm. That's how badly I stuttered. Mm. Okay. So um and this whole thing arose because I, I always wanted to be an investment advisor. I began investing, I think, at the age of 13. Wow. Business suite cover to cover at the age of 12. Really? And, oh my gosh. <laughs> but when it came to go to college, you know, at that time in Chicago, uh, so, well, here, I'll, I'll just give, give you the story. So my dad had a broker at a big firm and, and I used him for the few trades that I made. And so I went down to see him before college. I put on my little suit, white shirt and all that and tie, went down to see him. And I asked him, of course, it took a lot longer for me to say this, but, um, uh, you know, how can I get into the investment field? And he said, well, in Chicago, in Chicago, it's all sales. Do you want to be in sales? I go, no. Well, you can go to New York. That's where the analysts are. You want to go to New York? I said, no. No. (laughs) And that was pretty much the end of my dreams. In less than five minutes, my dreams Mm. were dashed. I mean, to the point, I used to take books on the stock market on family vacation. Wow. That's how much I was into this. Wow. And I mean, I would go from 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 the football field to to the library to look at 
look at periodicals. I read every book in our local library on, on the stock market. This was, I was a kid who knew exactly what I wanted to do. And I never did it. And yeah. the frustration was unbelievable. And so I became an accountant. I became a CPA. I got a master's in tax. I hated college. I hated accounting. And I hated myself. I went through terrible depressions. Mm. And finally, at the age of 47, I, I got an opportunity, uh, a good friend of mine. So I, I'd gone from being a CPA, where I didn't think I'd have to talk much, right? Mm. And then I became mm. a financial writer. I didn't think I'd have to talk much. But I ended up having to talk because I, I, I was a really good writer. And I moved up in this consulting firm. And I was interfacing with clients, and, and my speech improved just from being out there and talking. Mm. Just from yeah. being out there and talking. Makes sense, yeah. It just, but, and, 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 and so I thought my speech was good enough to get, get into the investment field. At the age of 47, I, I took a job for two thirds less pay. Mm. This is at the age of 47. I have kids yeah. getting ready to go to college. Yeah. And that's how chronically unemployed I was. It wasn't even an investment firm. It was a little little insurance firm. They were going to open up a little, you know, investment arm just to get some more money and pay this guy, me, hardly anything to do it. But mm. I was so desperate, I took it. And my speech improved more and more. To the point where at age 54, I thought I was ready to open up my own firm. The other reason was I had gone to another place and it didn't work out. And no one, no one would hire me. Hmm. Because I hardly had any clients. I couldn't say my name. I couldn't make phone calls to strangers. I couldn't, I could do small talk by that time. But I couldn't have the serious discussions that, that end with this. Mm. Will you give me a million dollars to invest? Yeah. I couldn't have those difficult conversations. Yeah. Without really and, yeah. And talk about trying to, what's the word I'm thinking of? Um, you know, here you are stuttering up a storm, asking for a million dollars to be invested. And the misconception of, is this guy even intelligent? Can I even trust him? Like, you have no idea. We have no idea what the other person, especially back then. This must have been maybe the 90s, early 90s by that time, <laughs> mid-90s, 2000s? Uh, Wait, I'm doing my math wrong. Wait a second. That's yeah, so, <laughs> you're this century. <laughs> so let's see. so I, 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 I really improved my speech like 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you asked me my name 10 years ago, it would have taken me 15, 30 seconds. Mm, and yeah. I would have come out of there. My jaw would be sore. My yeah. head shaking up and down. Lips pursed. Eyes closed. Maybe me slapping my hand on my, my thigh once in a while. Mm, yeah. I mean, I was a mess. Yeah. And um, <laughs> it really came down to money. I, I was desperate. Yeah. I, you needed to I do had no sense yeah. that I would improve my speech to this extent. I just wanted to be able to say my name 
and carry on a mm -hmm. reasonably challenging conversation. Yeah. Not that they had to be fluent, just to be able to carry on a conversation. Yeah. Or we were going to go bankrupt. Yeah. No one would hire me. Yeah. Now, you mentioned the more you spoke to people, uh, the less that your stuttering volume the more your stuttering volume decreased. There we go. I can't formulate sentences. Um, so yeah, I experienced something like that um, oh. where, and I'm wondering if it happened to you too. Um, like, but mind you, this started happening once I discovered stuttering acceptance. It's okay to tell people you stutter. You know, it's more beneficial, blah, blah, blah. And it was at that moment because I was like more, I guess, happy about my stuttering <laughs> or accepting of my stuttering. saying, hey, you know, like using it as, hey, here's a cool feature that I have. It's not a bug um, that I was able to observe myself a lot better, a lot clearly, which does make sense because I wasn't be staying two steps ahead and thinking negatively about myself, thinking, OK, here's a study. Here's and I was really um, aware, like I started to become aware of my secondaries. Because at one point, I because I heard about um, in speech therapy sessions, they would video record and watch videotapes of you of you stuttering, which never happened to me when I had speech therapy in the uh, 80s. So <laughs> I gave it a try myself <laughs> on my computer yeah. and I thought, oh, that helped well. And I found that I uh, in conversation, I remember I even remember right now where I was at work having a conversation being and just about to do my usual secondary that I never realized I did but because of the video. So I yeah. noticed there was like, yeah, you get more useful. And then, you know, now that I think of it, there's been a lot, uh, you know, a handful of people that I know that told me their stuttering increased during the pandemic because now, because, right. because of, because of the lockdown, the isolation. And I found, yeah, my, like I can't formulate sentences anymore, not because of stuttering, but because I just haven't, had you know my normal pre-pandemic conversations, yeah, yeah, we yeah. So, do you think that's what happened to you too? Like you just kept well, talking. Well, that's and... part of it, yeah. but but so that only got me so far. Yeah, but I still felt to be able to make make a living, to be able to build this business. I mean, if I were a computer programmer, this would not be, this would never have happened because I could have just done what I did. Well, kind of, but yes, <laughs> kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I, but I get what you mean. Right, yeah. but, but yeah, you're yes, very much client to client. Yeah, <laughs> client face. Client to client. Yeah. And I, and I, my own little firm that has almost no assets. It isn't like I'm from you know some big bankers or or, or Merrill Lynch or you know or Goldman Sachs. People say, oh, you're from Goldman Sachs. You must be brilliant. Sure, we'll give you a million. Oh, hmm. This is just me. You have to take your and word so, for it. Oh, my <laughs> Your <God>. stuttered so, <laughs> word for it. <laughs> yeah, and so so I had to do something. And what I ended up doing was I basically relearned to speak, like mm. by mimicking broadcasters, mainly Matt Lauer. What, what do you mean by, by relearn? to speak i completely changed how i talk this is not how i used to speak yeah so i realized that 
that professional speakers like Matt Lauer. Oh, oh I see. Yeah, the techniques phrases, they use. Ah, mm, mm. I realized that they emphasize words toward the end of a of a sentence of a yeah, phrase. Pauses and all that they stuff. Pause. Yeah, they they speak expressively, mm. and um, and they breathe before they speak. Mm. None of these things I used to do, and so I just I I basically relearned how to speak. But that was only the the first step. I mean, plus yeah, there yeah, there is no one here is like here's how I yeah stop stuttering. It's like it's a whole it's a whole journey. It's <laughs> like a whole journey. Works so. So, and, yeah, and mimicking broadcasters, you were saying, yeah, yeah, so. and so all of that was was just the first step, and, and that that didn't even bring me halfway to my goal because I, you know, because because um, um, then I realized that 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 I couldn't depend on what I will call techniques. You know, but mm. people always ask me, you know, I mean, tips, tricks, and techniques. I say, I have none. Oh, okay. Because what I felt I had to do, because once I got into, I mean, I was a severe stutterer. Yeah. And once I got into a block, everything went out the window. I couldn't concentrate. I couldn't, you know, deliver a technique. So I had to make this automatic. I had to practice it so much. It was like, like a basketball free throw. Boom. Just the same way yeah. that I didn't have to think about it. And so th that was an important step for me. But but that was that was not even halfway to my goal. And because then I realized that 50 years of stuttering, as as I say it in the book, really messed me up. That I had all these inclinations about how I was viewing the world, and I oh. was avoiding everything. Ah. Um, I was, you know, um, I would rationalize why I'm not going to talk to a person. I mm. I would be uh, hiding behind people. If I had to talk, I would say the bare minimum of words. Are yeah, possible. yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I would be switching out words every second. My mind yep. was yep. like, Mm -hmm. the lottery <laughs> you know those yeah. lottery commercials with the ping pong balls being around the, the, the box that was my yeah. head yeah yeah it dominated me mm. and so and so i had to work through those things and the way i did that not knowing anything i was just trying stuff yeah yeah the way i came down to it was i realized i had to do something so radical so crazy to change my thought processes. Mm. And so what I did was I decided I'm going to do the opposite. I tried doing the opposite. Rather than avoid stuff, I would go to it. Uh. Rather than shorten my sentences, I would lengthen them. Um, and then what did you find? Huge impact. Yeah. Huge impact. Um, I can go on and on. But, but even to that, so... So, so maybe I was at about halfway to my goal of just being comfortable having a challenging conversation. Mm. Then I had to work through each of these speaking situations one at a time yeah. and, and learn how to deal with them. 
And and at first it was difficult, but you know, as after I made some progress, it became like an adventure. And I was trying different things. I was, you know, telling myself on this and that. It became the most exciting thing I've ever done. So it sounds like what you were doing was um, stepping out of your comfort zone. And here's a yeah, scary so, thing. And then did you ever... But I did it all in very small steps. Yeah, yeah. Very small. Yeah. I, I really never took a leap. Everything was a natural progression. Mm. And yeah. so, so, for example, it, it probably took me three to four months just to say my name. Mm. But when I did that, it was incredible because... I could handle any situation now. Yeah. And I didn't have to hide. And so 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 all of this, you know, the embracing our speech, our stuttering. There's a nexus where we're we're embracing our speech and trying to be a better communicator meet. Yeah. And so so I don't think they have to be mutually exclusive. Yeah. And um, the adventure I had, I'll tell you, I, I will never have do anything more exciting. It felt like I was knocking <laughs> down doors. Yeah. Um, the moment that I felt comfortable that I could say my name, it was like, you know how, you know, you hear the cliche, the, the uh, weight of the world dropped off your shoulders. Yeah. Oh, it's not I a cliche. It's real. Yeah. Did you feel um, when you were taking those small steps out of your comfort zone, you know, that, you know, whichever step um, or every step where this is scary and then you realize, oh, it wasn't so bad after all, or it didn't turn out to be as scary as I thought it would. Did you ever experience that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But mm. But the key was I took things in such small steps. Yeah, that's key. That I was gaining confidence. And I was doing this in rapid succession. So I was stacking one small success after another. Mm. And I was doing it every day, sometimes multiple times a day, so that I was beginning to feel for the first time in my life a sense of confidence. Yeah, because you had that power over... You had that power over the fear. You're like, well, I'm gonna face a fear. It's it's the psychology. Yeah. You know, it's it's right. Like you face your fear, like when when you're afraid of something and you know, it's those thoughts that you have. And then when you realize, oh, it's not too bad, then you grow a bit stronger. That's pretty much my book. You just said my book right there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have to read it. So you don't uh, have to anymore. Tell me, <laughs> no. tell me that I did a combination of um, of um, cognitive behavioral therapy oh, yeah. and that I was doing the opposite. Yeah. In real time, I was doing the opposite. That's right, yeah. And they also told me that I was doing um, uh, exposure therapy. Mm, you know, yeah. As you said, just barely going out of my comfort zone and very small steps. Yeah. But believe me, nothing was heroic. I mean, the, I mean, no victory thinking, too small. <laughs> I, but but I know what you mean. Yeah. Steps. Yeah. I was willing to, to, to go along this path as long as it took me. Mm. And it took me a, a long time, you know, two years. But um, it, it was the most exciting thing I've ever done. It, mm. it really was. And the most exciting thing that I'll ever do.
Yeah. And, and I think back and I say, you know, I've given up on my speech. I, I said, I, I'm, I'm just going to accept it for like 30 years. And I said, you know, that's it. This is just how it is. And, and, and that's fine. But what I learned in this adventure, in this two-year adventure, was, was just mind-blowing. <laughs> and uh, I wouldn't trade that experience for yeah. anything. So, yeah. I know, I know I asked you this in our conversation last week, but I forget what you said. <laughs> I know with some people, myself included, um, you know, our stuttering volume decreases as we get older some people i know they're older than me and you know nothing decreased i'm wondering if do you think the same thing happened to you in conjunction with this you know exposure that you've done you know this new perspective do you think that plays a role in in it or i have no idea yeah, i do yeah. know that that getting forced into circumstances where i had to talk more really had a big impact yeah yeah but but it only brought me so far um, mm-hmm. uh, to reach my goals of being able to you know build my business. I had to become a better communicator. I had no idea that I'd become this good of a communicator where I get paid to speak um, by you know companies that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That that just shocked me that I could get to this point where I feel comfortable talking with anyone and just walking up to people who I don't know and introducing myself. Yeah, because you've already exposed yourself to that fear in the past where now it's like, hey, I just do this. Yeah. Have you ever had people respond positively towards your stuttering? Positively toward my stuttering or positively toward my improvement? Your stuttering. Because I'm sure you've, you've probably stuttered here and there. When you open your business, things like that, or um, no, I, I, uh, I, I would love to tell you that yes, mm-hmm. people love that I stutter, but well, know. not loved, but like if they say, <laughs> "Oh, okay, cool," you know, whatever, you know, like like that kind of a response. Um, well, fortunately, growing up. I was a really big kid and one of the best athletes. So everyone wanted me on their team. <laughs> and so I didn't have the problems that a lot of other people have. You're lucky. <laughs> I was very lucky. Yeah. Very lucky. But once I became an adult, no one wanted anything. It's a different story. Yeah. Work-wise, um, you know, they were okay with me being in a back room, but, you know, you aren't going to, you aren't going to progress to the point where you want if you're if you're relegated to the back room. Yeah. Uh, but um, no, I I actually was able to move up in that consulting firm. That wasn't what I wanted to do, but I but I moved up in the consulting firm. But mm-hmm. in the investment field, where everything is trust, and where I was at, at a little firm and, and and then on my own my own firm. No one, no one gave me any 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 credit for for uh, for stuttering. That's for sure. I mean, I had to be, I had to become a really good communicator. And and being a really good communicator is, I mean, it's an absolute blast. Because before I, I was always, you know, should I talk? Should I not talk? Should I change this word? Should I change that word? 
I was never really saying everything that I wanted to say. Yeah, and that's not being a good communicator, which is why I just want to mention another little trigger warning here. (laughs) So uh, there is something that I do say on my show, and that's you could still be an effective communicator, even though you stutter. So even though at the beginning of the episode, you know, we're saying, yeah, you know, even if you're high volume story, you could still be an effective communicator. (laughs) So I just want to make it clear that for anyone who's listening, because I don't want to fall into the trap of... um, well, you know, if Larry can do it, then why can't I? How come I'm not successful? You know, because I don't want to make it sound like, you know, um, you know, what worked for you is going to work for every everybody. That's not that's not true because everyone's completely different. It could work for you, dear listener, or it could not, or you know, or something like that. For no. me, age worked for me, but you know, I still stutter, and I'm fine with with it. Yeah, it's yeah, so. But what worked for you, Larry, is what was important to you, Larry, was that I needed to say, you know, you needed to say your name. You know, you needed to survive. You needed to feed your family. right? And that worked for you. It worked for you. Doesn't mean it has to work for you, dear listener. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, uh, so so now I the now I, you know, I have have my own business and I'm going to retire right. by a few years. But oh, wow. Nice. <laughs> Uh, at night, what I do, and we're even late oh, in the yeah. day. Oh, I, now, oh yeah. I mentor you do people co- all over yeah, the you world. Mentor. Mm. No charge. I, uh, I mentor people all over the world. They're the most fascinating conversations that I have. I just love these people, and they're all, from all walks of life. And and it's it, it's amazing because uh, just about everyone I've talked to, whether they're in Kathmandu. Whether they're whether they're in a yurt in Kurdistan, whether wherever they are oh, in the wow. world, Australia, whatever, we all have had the same story. We've all had the same, you know, challenges and difficulties and heartaches. That's right. And um, it, it has been the most rewarding thing. And you know, mm. quite a few people are now giving speeches, which is yeah. you know, liberating. So you're mentoring them on stepping out of their comfort zones, like taking those steps, doing those exposures, facing their fears. That's what you're mentoring them. I am mentoring mm-hmm. on really everything that I did. And oh, I you know, see. they aren't going to sound like me. They need to make it their own. Mm-hmm. You know? And I teach them how I relearn to speak. I, I teach them how to, you know, handle the psychological stuff that goes along with this. And then how to work work through moving out of your comfort zone at a comfortable pace that you mm. can feel really good about and build confidence you know yeah you know, that's the key regardless of how much you stutter like it's like you could be the most fluent person and still have no right. confidence i know people like right. that they don't yeah. stutter they're fluent people and they're like no confidence and you know and they and they and and they look to me as this big, you know, hero who can go on stage and, you know, give speeches. I can never do that. <laughs> that stuff. Yeah, you know, oddly enough, I found it easier to public speak than I did just talking with people after a while. Yeah, it's weird, eh? Yeah, I, f- yeah. I, f- I found that too. Yeah, in, in a very weird way. It's like, yeah. So we have two, about two minutes left. So where can people find out more about your book, yourself? Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's on Amazon. It's called Free to Speak. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm the author, Larry Stein. 
and um, and it's in Kindle and paperback. And you can find my I'm on Instagram. I'm on I'm on the web uh, at Stein on Stuttering. Stein on Stuttering, and uh, I'm on YouTube. I, all of them are called Stein on Stuttering. And if you ever want to reach out to me, I will I will talk to you. Never any charge, and we'll just have a discussion, and we'll have fun doing it. We'll go on Zoom or whatever, and uh, I have the most fascinating conversations. Lately, my the newest person who I'm talking with, he's a psychologist. Oh, wow. <laughs> and we are having the most All these conversations. Fantastic yeah. conversations. Mm. Just absolutely fascinating. Um. This is this is the joy of my life, just mm. just helping, and so I'm there for you. Great stuff. Well, thank you for coming on and letting me step out of my comfort zone into a little bit into the fluency area. It's like ooh, but again, apologies for any triggers. <laughs> We're not saying fluency is success. We're saying no, everyone's different. Actually, <laughs> actually, fluency is a trap. I. I had to view fluency as a byproduct of things that I did that just happened to come along with, with doing positive things. And that concludes my <laughs> controversial ep episode. I hope it's okay. You know, one thing I want to mention is ADA, or the Accessibility, I think it's Americans with Disability Act, accessible for, Anyways, uh, there are laws in, well, I don't know if it's in all countries. I know Canada has one where you can't discriminate against a disability in the job place. So it doesn't mean you're guaranteed to get the job just because you have a disability, but it means people are a little bit more open-minded or educated. I mean, again, out of our control, what uh, employers do, and in the end, would that be an employer you want to work for? I also want to mention something that a friend of mine had mentioned in a Facebook Messenger conversation. Fluency is one thing, she wrote. Acceptance is another. I strongly believe that acceptance must come first to delete the fear of stuttering. Only after that you can, if you want, you can work on your speech, your, you can work on your self-esteem, you can work on your social skills, you can work on your public speaking, etc., etc., as you're no longer afraid of your stuttering and can evolve any way you want. Now, she didn't say stuttering. She wrote tiger <laughs> about the tiger analogy of stuttering. Go to frankiebingy.com and look for the tiger analogy of stuttering and you'll know what she's talking about. So as you're no longer afraid of your tiger and can evolve any way you want or simply be as you are. So people who are preaching that the only way to success is fluency or the only way to success is acceptance might be wrong as there is no only way. There's no one way, just my way that works for me. She also continued by explaining that I know an SLP uh, who is, you know, an SLP who stutters. So she wrote SLP slash PWS, SLP person who stutters. I know an SLP PWS who always preached fluency as the only correct way. At an older age, that SLP started to stutter more and was devastated. So therefore, 
strongly believe, yeah, that acceptance must come first, just like what we talked about throughout this episode. Okay. That concludes this long episode. Again, thank you for listening. If you want to chime in, record something with the Voice Memo app on your nifty cell phone device and send it to me, email at coolstutter.gmail.com and I'll play it on the next episode. And may your stuttering always be with confidence. Ciao.